Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Um, sharing our life, sharing faith, sharing Jesus. So what we're going to do, first few minutes, going to give you three or four minutes just to share with at least someone else around your table, take a few minutes to just do a, not a review of the last few weeks, okay? But over the last few weeks, we've been talking about sharing life and sharing faith and just beginning to kind of dip our toes in all of this stuff, okay? Um, firstly, I want you to what particular struggles or challenges has this raised in you? How has this maybe challenged you? Or it, it's raised some struggles. Oh, this is, this is I'm really grappling with this. Um, firstly, talk about that. What's this raised that might have got, now I really need to, why, why is this a challenge to me? Why, you know? And then maybe secondly, what if, if you might think, oh, I'm not challenged at all. I'm loving it. I want to, you know, I don't know where you are at this moment. But if, if that's you, then what have you found really helpful in the last few weeks? So articulate, if there's been a challenge, what is it? If, if there isn't, and you're just saying, this has really, really helped me. Okay, you've got three or four minutes, round your tables, grab someone else, and those two questions, they should be on the screen. Any particular struggles or challenges? And what have you found really helpful? On your marks, get set, go. So brilliant, we're gonna jump into uh, sharing Jesus a bit this morning. And, um, you know, there's two ways you can approach things. One is launch and learn, and another one is plan and perfect. Now, generally, we've got two types of people in here. We have those who love to go, come on, let's just get on with it, and we'll think about it on the way. And then we've got others who generally go, yeah, but hang on, let me think about it, let me plan it, let me work it out, let me make sure I've got all the dots, you know, everything, whatever it is, dotted, crossed, and sorted. And what we're doing as a church is we are, we are launching and learning, okay, on the journey. Um, even if you plan and perfect, you're still going to find when you start, you're going to learn a whole lot of things on the way. And even what you thought you'd sorted by planning and perfecting, when you, when you start working it out, you're like, oh, actually, that was theory, that brilliant on a bit of paper, but in reality, it works out quite differently. Anybody else found that about life? Okay, so we're in launch and learn. We're on a journey. We're all having a go, and we're all going to see what God does in us as we move uh, forward. So we're going to grow as we go, if you want all these little phrases this morning. Okay, so sharing Jesus, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us, okay? So the motivation for wanting to share Jesus is the same motivation he has. For God so loved the world that he gave. So his motivation was, was love. So we want the motivation in our lives. Now, that motivation comes because we know that God loves us and we know what he's done in us uh, and therefore, we want to reciprocate that love back to him, not only by loving him, but by loving others in the same way that he has loved us. So 1 Corinthians 13, a couple of parts of, of verses 4 to 8. It starts with, love is patient. How many of you know that God's been patient with you? Yes. All right, always. Love is kind. So it's interesting how love starts with patient, takes time to love, to give, to bless people. 
Love is patient, love is kind. There's some other things in there, but it finishes this, this, this couple of verses with love always hopes, love always perseveres, and love never fails. So I don't know about what you find, but um, some of the people that Jane and I are reaching out to, some are a lot more responsive than others. And if you're not careful, you can be put off by what seems to be a no-response person. And you think, oh, well, this is a waste of time and all of that. And you can think, well, what's the point? And, and sometimes that's initially what can happen. But love here is patient. Love is kind. So we're going to persist. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. So we know that it's the spirit of love in us that enables us to love people. Okay. And so in terms of going forward, don't be put off if somebody's not overly receptive uh, in what you're doing. God spoke to us about doing a number of things over Christmas um, with a particular neighbour. And we did certain things to try and help support and, and give to them, okay? And God said to us, just love them. So we are doing certain things to love some of our neighbours in a particular way. And on one level, the response that we would like is not there yet. So are we going to continue doing what God is saying to do? And, and the Holy Spirit is saying, just keep loving. Just keep loving. Because you don't know what is going on in their head and in their heart. But keep loving. Keep giving. Keep blessing them. And keep praying for them. So that's what we're doing in our particular situation. What else does love do? Acts 4.20. Sorry, this won't be on the screen because I only got it. I added it to my notes this morning. For we cannot help. This is what, so context disciples, early church, Peter and John preaching the gospel, Pharisees didn't like it, they're before the, the religious leaders of the day and they're telling them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus and this is what they say, even though they were threatened, you stop. They said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Why? Because they love Jesus, they just couldn't keep silent and so love compels, okay, and as we move forward, we're going to be more compelled to want to share life, share faith, and share Jesus, okay? So, the place to start in terms of sharing Jesus, we, we've been looking at at the moment, sharing our life some of the, and sharing our faith, which is a bit more about maybe giving a bit of our testimony, some of the stories of what's happened in our lives. And sharing Jesus then steps on a little bit more from that to begin to talk about who Jesus is is okay and and what does he that mean for someone else in terms of who Jesus is and what he's actually done things like uh, he showed me how much he loves me by dying for me and this is what this meant for me in terms of what he's done for me I was full of pain because of this reason and and he's just dealt with the pain in my life so you're talking about Jesus he forgives me he's taken the guilt away or He's healed this pain that was in my heart because that's who he is. That's what he does in that sense. So we're going to talk a bit more about who he is specifically in our lives and what he's done. So before we jump into that, who do people think that Jesus is? Uh, the 2022 Talking Jesus survey came up with these answers from all the people around the nation that were asked to be involved in this survey. 20% of people said that they believe that um, Jesus was God in human form who lived among people in the first century, 
25% of people asked, said that Jesus was a normal human being. There's nothing about God, but he was just a normal guy who lived. 33% of people said he was a prophet or a spiritual leader, but not God. 18% said they just don't know. I, I don't know who he is. Um, and then 4%, they had another, re- they thought of him in a, a different way, okay? So if we look at those stats, most people either don't believe or realise that Jesus is someone, he is God, the Son of God as well, someone that you could either know or you can know and have relationship with him now as God. So we would say from those stats and other stats that most people don't realise that you can actually have a relationship with, with Jesus now, today, and that he is God. Now, we can either see that as a negative, wow, most of the nation, they're not interested, they don't know, and therefore we can think, crumbs, what a massive mountain we've got to climb. Or you can actually see it as, wow, what an amazing opportunity that most people have never met and had a conversation with someone who really does know Jesus. And that's people like us. We know Jesus We love him. We know what he's done in our lives. And there are many people out there who just don't know yet that Jesus is God and that they can actually know him and have a relationship with him. They just need to meet someone who can communicate that and tell them that in the context of a friendship and relationship. So when we begin to talk about sharing Jesus, don't think that you've suddenly got to put your evangelism hat on and you've got to become Billy Graham, all right? or some amazing evangelist. Well, I've suddenly got to become him in my life, okay? This is really where we're starting, is we're sharing our lives, which is the starting point. That morphs into beginning to share our faith, our stories, our testimonies, who God is and what he's done in our lives, into beginning then more sharing Jesus. And some of that will happen a lot faster with some people than others, okay? So by what we're saying, don't just think, right, we're going to take five years to share our life, five years to share our faith, and then five years to share Jesus. So I might not even be on the earth by then, but hopefully someone will still be here to share Jesus. We're not talking about, you know, some delayed thing for years. Some conversations you'll get, and within five minutes, for whatever reason, you might end up be talking about Jesus with someone you know. Because of who they are and where they're at. Others, it might take a bit longer and it might take a little bit more to get to that point, okay? But what we're talking about initially is who is Jesus to you? Who, what is the reality of Jesus in your life, okay? So what I want you to do for the next few minutes, again, around your groups, with someone else, in, is you've got a, a, a minute and a half, two minutes each, just to say, this is who Jesus is to me. This is who he is to me. Are you ready? Go. Okay. Brilliant. Now, why, why, why are some of these Q&A things, you know, and chatting so, so important? Because quite often, we don't necessarily have to articulate some of what we really believe and are thinking. Because a lot of the time, when we're with people who are Christians, we all know the jargon, right? 
And if you say something, everybody goes, no, people don't even go, yeah, I know what you mean. They just know what you mean, okay? But when we're with people that don't know Jesus, we find ourselves sometimes going, oh, how would I, what would I say to them about that? And, and so how would you describe who Jesus is to you, to someone that doesn't know who Jesus is? Um, so we're, we are kind of getting more open and confident with one another on these Sunday mornings and maybe in other settings as well, just talking about this stuff, getting to grips with, you know, how do we share life? How do, we, how do I tell people my testimony or stories in my life? How do I begin to talk about who Jesus is in my life? How do I articulate that uh, in, a, in a certain way? So what you've just shared with the people around you, would you talk to family members, friends, your neighbours that don't know Jesus in the same way you've just spoken to? Would you tell them about Jesus using the same terminology, language and statements you've just made? Now, some of you might go, yeah, yeah, I would. And maybe some of you go, crumbs, don't know, that's a challenge, that's interesting. Okay, only you can evaluate that. But one of the things that Jesus was amazing at was talking about the kingdom of God about the Father, about what God, what God wanted for someone in their lives. And he used parables. He used stories, illustrations that they could relate to. So often, you know, a lot of them worked the land or were farmers or, or looked after animals, cattle. So he would use different parables that talked about sowing seeds or trees and various things bearing fruit. Uh, he talked about, you know, sheep, uh, being she- this, that and the other. He used different analogies. Um, then he would, he would talk about other things to do with the culture of the day, uh, things like fishing. He oft- he, several times he talked about going fishing, throwing your nets on the other side, not just with the disciples, but in other contexts as well. He talked about uh, what, what's it like to be an unmerciful servant when you've been given favour, but then you don't extend that favour to others. They understood what it meant to be servants then because a lot of people served masters then. So he, he used the, the, the illustration of the Good Samaritan. He picked a scenario that he knew everybody would know exactly what he meant because of the cultural pressures of the day between different people groups that there were. And so he used stories and, and analogies, if you like, to help bring understanding of the message that he was wanting to communicate. So people go, oh right, that is what the kingdom of God is like. Or that is what God is like himself. Right, because my filter is this, or my experience is that. And so he was helping to just bring a different understanding of who God is. Paul the Apostle, what did he say himself? He said, uh, his answer to this question is, uh, how do I speak to people different types of people who don't know Jesus. He says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. I have made myself available to serve everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, although myself, I am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, Though I, am not, uh, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to, anyway, it's a bit complicated what he's saying, but basically, he's basically saying, whoever people are, I'm thinking, what are they like? And I'm going to go and relate to them, not 
sin in the same way they might do, but I'm going to relate to the way they think and their worldview, if you like, understand the frequency that they're living to. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring the gospel or what I believe into the frequency of how they're thinking so they can then go, right, I get it, okay? Rather than I'm that frequency and they're this frequency and we're never going to going to meet. So here's a little example. Uh, there was a missionary called Bruce Olson, okay, reaching the Metleone Indians, in, the Motleone Indians in Colombia, in Venezuela. Loads of missionaries had visited them before, but most of them sadly had been killed um, as a result. Because the, the Motleone Indians, they didn't want the message of the missionaries and they, they didn't want to give up the way they were building their own homes, their own, the way they dressed, their hunting, their ways of life, in order to then look like the missionaries that came to talk to them, to bring them the gospel, because the, the missionaries lived in corrugated square houses, wore shirts, and had a Western approach to food, culture, and life. And so the missionaries came on one wavelength, but these Indians were living on another wavelength. And what the missionaries were trying to do was bring a gospel on a different wavelength that for these Motleone guys looked like, if we're going to become like you, we have to live in corrugated huts, wear shirts like you do, eat food that we can't connect with. And, and there was a, a, a load of misconnection between them. So what this guy did, he had a different approach. He learned their language, learned their culture to understand how they ticked and how they thought. Uh, how they worked and how they understood the world. Then after years of living with them, began to talk to them about Jesus in a way that they would understand. He then remembered a Motleone legend, a warrior who wanted to help ants build a better home. But being so big and unfamiliar, the warrior only frightened them. So quite miraculously, this warrior had become an ant and guided them in building their home. Bruce used this legend to share how God had become man to help us then know and understand who he is. Such a simple analogy, right? But yet quite profound um, in terms of how he connected, all right? Another example of Paul the Apostle, un- he goes to, to a particular place in Athens. There was a sp- they worshipped all kinds of God. There was a little space to an unknown God. He goes in there and he says, wow, I see you guys have got amazing this, that and the other about what you do, but I notice you've got one God here that you don't know who he is. And they're like, yeah. He said, can I just let you know who that is? Okay, so he, he speaks into that. Now, you could say, yeah, he's a clever guy, but I'm sure the Holy Spirit was involved at that moment going, Paul, here's an opportunity. They don't know who I am. Look at that, unknown God. And Paul's probably going, oh yeah, good opportunity. Okay, so... What I want you to do for the next few minutes, and then we're going to move into communion. And if you need to go and get your children in in a few minutes' time, two or three minutes' time, please go and get them, and then they can be part of communion together, okay? Um, We're going to get into more stuff next week, talking about who is Jesus a bit more. But what I want you to do for the next few minutes is, like that missionary, he spoke on their wavelength and help them to connect with the message that he wanted to bring, the person that he wanted to bring. So what stories do you have? What analogies or illustrations, what parables maybe do you have that helps to share Jesus with someone, okay? I'll just give you one example, 
So this is something I've used quite a lot with different people who don't know Jesus. When, when I get talking about, so what's he done for us? Well, I say, okay, say, say that you go and rob a bank and you nick all this money and, uh, and the police are after you and you've got all this money in all these sacks or whatever it is and you've taken all this money and stuffed it in here. You're on the run, the police are after you. You come and find me. And you're like, Clive, Clive, the police are after me and I don't know what to do. And I say to you, give me the money and I'll go to the police and say it was me and you go free. And they're like, yeah, but that's not fair because I've done all, I've, yeah, but no, that's what we're going to do. We're going to swap places. So you go free, you give me the money. So the police arrive and they find it and the, my fingerprints or whatever. And they're like, right, we're arresting you for this thing or whatever. And even if they found out, for example, like we know that Jesus was sinless, he didn't do anything wrong, but yet he took our place on our behalf because somebody needed to be punished. It, it, it's in the same way I would say to the police, no, I want to take the place of that person, even though they're guilty, I want to pay the punishment and I'll go to prison on their behalf so that they can go free and be forgiven in that sense. Now, simple analogy and I've said that to quite a few people over the years, and they're like, wow, right, okay, it's really helpful. So Jesus did that for me. All the things I've done that I should be punished for, he wants to forgive me and take that punishment instead. Which is great. So, okay, you've got a couple of minutes. If you need to get your kids, go and get them, bring them down, okay, and then we're going to have communion together. But take a few minutes, share what stories, illustrations, or parables, or things that you might have that can explain who Jesus is or what he's done for someone, okay? Off you go. Again, have you heard some good stories, good illustrations, good parables? Because you can learn from one another. You, you hear someone's story that's not necessarily their personal, or that you can take their personal illustration in their own life, but you can say that, hey, I've got a friend, or this is what happened, or just make it a, a kind of neutral analogy like the one I use. And uh, so we can, we can learn from one another in terms of just how to share who Jesus is. Now, next week, we're going to get into a bit more specifically, so what does the Bible say in terms of who Jesus is? And then how do we uh, really talk to someone about Jesus? Uh, how do we pray for people? How do we help them respond to Jesus? We'll get into some of that next week uh, and, and kind of move it forward in, into that. But in terms of just part of our response as we have communion together today, is a couple of things. As we read earlier, Acts chapter 4, verse 20, the, the Peter and John said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So they obviously were so overflowing with, with we just can't help it. And, and some of that was because they were compelled with a love for Jesus. They were compelled by love. The second part, later on in Acts chapter 4, they, they did have some opposition, uh, some challenges. They were told to stop preaching in the name of Jesus and, and whatever. But what they said, this is what they prayed, because they understood that Jesus hadn't just given them the Great Commission to try and do it in their own strength. They knew that they had to be totally dependent on the Holy Spirit to enable them to actually share life, faith and Jesus. 
So what did they pray in Acts 4, 29 and 30? They said, now, Lord, consider their threats, consider the opposition, but in the midst of that, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So God is the one that gives us the boldness, the confidence in that sense. It says, enable your, to, to speak with great boldness. But then also they said this, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, we'll get on to some of that stuff in terms of praying for people to be healed and all that, not next week, but in subsequent weeks, okay? And we'll cover some of that. How do we pray for people? How do we pray with them in in different ways? But while we're having communion this morning, what would be really good to do is just pray together and pray for one another. Two things. Firstly, Just pray for each person, just to have a a fresh revelation of of God's love, of just God's love in our lives, that his love is unfailing. His love is unfailing. He'll never, ever let us down. That's how the Bible talks about everlasting, unfailing, faithful, okay? But then the second thing is pray for one another and say together like they did, Father, enable your servants, enable us as your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Because we can't do it on our own. Because often fear comes and says, you can't do it. But yet they knew they were faced with stuff that was in front of them saying, stop it, stop doing this. We ban you from speaking in his name. But they're like, we can't help it, we just have to. But they knew we need boldness to do it. And that's what they prayed. So let's just break bread, pray for one another. And so let's just... uh, Just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you that every time that we have communion, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And we know that you're not just a memory, but we remind ourselves of who you are, what you've done, and then what this means for us. And and Jesus, in the same way that Paul, he says here in 1 Corinthians, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread And he gave thanks. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your unfailing love, that you laid your life down for each one of us and for all those that we are reaching out to. And then you broke it and you said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this, break the bread. Remember, this is my body. And all that i do done for you in terms of laying my life down for you, okay, remember who I am, that I've become your food, your life. Then in the same way, he took uh, the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. So this new covenant was made and brought into being through the blood of Jesus in his blood. And he said, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So we remind ourselves of the power of the blood. It was in the shedding of Jesus' blood that our sins are forgiven, washed away. It's in his blood as well. Um, He was whipped and beaten in his body. He took every pain, punishment, sin and sickness on himself. When he was being whipped and beaten, he was taking upon himself every sickness, every sin. What does sin do? Sin distorts, destroys, disfigures people's lives. And it works from the inside out. When he was whipped and beaten, that was part of a physical, uh, something you could see happening where Jesus literally, it represented taking 
the sin of mankind on himself and the sicknesses of, of mankind on himself and the blood being shed, the forgiveness of our sins and for also healing us of every sickness, the power in the blood. So as we, have, as we break bread around your table, somebody, you can, you can do that, you can pass it round um, and just take it out of the, the, the napkin that you have there and you can pass that round. Has everybody got bread on their tables? Yeah? I'll just leave you guys. Just pray for one another, have communion, and then pray for each other. You might need to stand in a moment to get together to do that. Don't necessarily all pray in a big group if you've got six, seven, eight of you around a table. If you're going to pray for one another, maybe do that in twos um, or threes. But let's just, uh, just bring ourselves before the Lord. If you've got your kids with you as well, you can have communion with them, pray for them, bless them. You can also get them to pray for you as well. That to, as a family, you would be sharing life, sharing faith and sharing Jesus with those around you. Pray for them to have boldness with their friends, their peers at school. They live in a very pressured culture. Just pray, Father, thank you for boldness on my children to really live in the power of who you are in their lives. In the face of so many challenges, thank you that you give them your boldness, your wisdom to share their life, faith in Jesus with their mates, their friends, their peers, their generation. Pray for them as well this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.